What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. On the No Catch Up Hotline, I have a very special guest for you. Nick DePaula is joining us of ESPN. He's the insider for everything sneakers, contributes to their uh, sneaker deal content. The Zach Levine deal broke, so I wanted to get him on the pod, talk about that deal, talk about sneaker culture in general. Check it out, listen up. Nick DePaula, a.k.a. NDP of ESPN. All right, on the No Catch Up hotline, I got a legend in the sneaker game. I've been chatting with this cat about getting on the pod, telling us how he feels about just early NBA, the sneaker culture right now, everything he's got going on. Nick DePaula on the No Catch Up hotline, a.k.a. NDP, a.k.a. the Kicks connoisseur, a.k.a. the inside man when it comes to everything Kicks deals, Kicks period, releases, all that stuff, collabs, just news in general. Nick, NDP, what's good? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Dude, of course, man. I've been trying to get you on. I know you've been talking about it. I know you've been busy uh, with a bunch of things going on. Just to give a little background on NDP, Nick DePaula, currently with ESPN, writes content, anything sneaker-based. Nick Nick uh, Nick P is running for ESPN. Not running, but contributing, I would say. Currently still the creative director at Nice Kicks. Editor, formerly the editor-in-chief at Soul Collector for seven-plus years. Formerly uh, Yahoo Sports with the vertical before uh, Woj came over to the ESPN side. So Nick is plugged into the scene, knows everything, kicks. He's one of the go-to guys when it comes to stories, news, period. Our original, our original, we were talking about having you come on the pod just to just to chat different stuff, and then this Zach Levine deal came up. We're yep. gonna we're gonna get into that. We're gonna talk about that because that's a that's a Bulls guy, and. Um, I'm interested to, to get your thoughts on that, how you feel, Are you, were you surprised, all that stuff. But yep. first off, how you been? How's everything? How's the move to ESPN been? Smooth transition, busy. I know you're never at the crib in Portland, always on the move. What's been up? What's the latest? So this whole month I've actually been here quite a bit. Um, and as I say that, I'm leaving on Wednesday and probably gone for like three weeks. But this whole summer, I mean, as you know, I was I was kind of all over on the summer. So I uh, went to L.A. a bunch. We went down to Houston for the fourth. I actually went to China and was on the trip with Clay for the whole China Clay thing for his onto tour. Um, and so I was kind of all over for the summer. But I mean, I really started with ESPN in July and it's just been amazing in the last three months, basically. I mean, the, the team there is great. Um, my editor in particular, his name's Adam Riesinger. He's amazing. He's great just in terms of ideas and how he frames everything up and and uh, it's just, I mean, you know, it's kind of like a best-in-class, talented group. So, obviously, coming along in with um, with Woj, Bobby Marks, and then the two guys from Draft Express, Jonathan and and Mike Schmitz. I mean, it's just a, like those guys are just all-star level uh, guys at, at what they do, you know. So, it's it's super exciting to be around all them. And and um, so far, hopefully, out the gate, you know, we've been able to do some exciting stuff. Yeah, those are some heavy hitters you named. That's that's a dope I mean, group to be. Yeah, I that's mean that's the, that's the top of the top right there. Yeah, you know, so. no doubt. That's a that's. And, a, and, and for me, like when I was with the vertical with all those guys, like I'm, I've always kind of been like a little bit of the oddity because I'm I'm talking about shoes and they're talking about like actual stuff around the game and real news. And so it's it's fun to kind of be um, be coming at it from a different angle and and kind of a, sometimes a lifestyle and and uh, you know obviously have have a different spin with it. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, 
yeah, you you bring that that special dynamic to those guys. It's just you guys cover all bases from obviously what's going on in the league, breaking news with Woj. He's obviously all over that. The key man there for for everything yep. everything breaking. Um, yeah, it's a it's a well rounded group. First thing I want to kind of touch on with you is what is it about sneakers? Obviously, everyone. I mean, not everyone, but the people we kick it with, and everyone should obviously have a a passion for the way they look and their fashion and, and, and what sneakers they have on their feet or what shoes, period. But what about you? You've been in the game for so long, as I mentioned previously, editor-in-chief, creative director, soul collector for seven-plus years. What is it about sneakers? Is it just the culture behind it? Is it the look and feel, how it makes you feel when you put them on? Is it about putting them on, going to play ball, and giving like that performance review or, or how you feel about it and why you think – more people should be hooping in these. What is it about the sneaker? Is it culture? Is it business? Talk to me. What made you get into it? I mean, really, it all started with basketball. I think, you know, when we, we've played a few times, and I'm washed up now, but, I mean, growing up, that's all we did. <laughs> we would play all day long at the house, at the park, you know, at school, whatever. And um, for me, really, the shoe that started it was Zoom Flight 95, which was Jason Kidd's shoe. And I remember being 10 at the time, and when I was in elementary school, I had a $40 budget. And when I was in middle school and high school, I had a $50 budget. So I never actually had like, you know, the Jordans, the pennies, like all the best shoes growing up. And it was more so about um, just really like reading up on who was wearing what, you know, what the different technology was. You know, I used to actually read East Bay with my cereal in the morning. Like if I wasn't reading the sports paper, I was reading East Bay and like memorizing all the tech so I was always just like really drawn into the designs and the technology of it. And then, um, I mean, the best thing about shoes for me is just every year there's new stuff, there's new stories, there's new players that are wearing stuff. And then also just um, how it brings people from all different backgrounds together, you know, like it's anything, you know, it, it's, a, it's something that anybody could be into um, from, you know, whether it's fr- from Sacramento like me or Chicago like you or L.A. like some of my other friends. So. Um, it just brings people from different backgrounds and similar to basketball. Um, and then it's just, I've just always been really excited to um, just kind of follow all the designs and, and obviously wearing cool stuff. Like, like you're saying, like, it's just, uh, there's just like a, not a pride, but like, a, there's, a, a, there's just fun about it. It you just know? gives it's, you that feeling, bro. To just wear like, yeah, like to just have something fresh on that, like people might not be up on or that they are and it's just like a cool shoe you know yeah no definitely i mean kicks uh there's always been something special about opening a new pair of kicks or the the exclusivity of just a pair that maybe some person couldn't get or you got them early or something like that so yeah the kick game is 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 always been it's just whatever you got on your feet is all is always kind of drawn like yo you can kind of tell a lot about a person with what they got on their feet you know what i mean absolutely not for sure Dude, so uh, funny you used to you used to read the the East Bays in the morning because those were like, <laughs> it's so funny because those were like that was a big thing. There was what was the other magazine? It was an East Bay, and I want to say something else came in the mail all the time. But yeah, well, man. final final score was like the clearance version of East Bay. Yo, that's exactly what I'm talking about, actually. Yeah, so that's the one people forget. But I mean, it was basically East Bay also um but final score yeah which i don't know if they still do that or not but um but for me like i was reading about running shoes i was reading about you know cleats i was reading about turf stuff whatever and the thing with basketball shoes is you can wear exactly what the player is wearing you know like 
Yeah, that's very true. In football, like, or with Griffey and Dion, like, there's there was guys in other sports that had great shoes, but like, you weren't wearing the same thing. Like, it was a little modified or whatever. And so, I mean, basketball, especially just growing up in the '90s and and at the turn of the 2000s, I mean, it was it was so much fun because there was so much going on. You had Kobe and T Mac with Adidas, you know, AI and Shaq and uh, Sean Kemp with Reebok, and there was just a lot of great variety out there too. So it was just fun to like trying to soak up everything and and um just learn about all the different brands and and um just see what you can get into dude shout out sean kemp the rain man i know your boy is alan iverson you were him for halloween this year by the way (laughs) absolutely bodied that uh that that costume make sure go check uh What's your new Instagram is your name now, right? At Nick DePaula? I, I switched it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I actually just got verified yesterday, so that was a funny day. Yo, but, uh, congratulations, my <laughs> guy. Blue check, man. Which tells you, I guess, how the low barrier of verifications are. But, <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, I used to have, I had like a, you know, like a secondary private account or whatever, and that used to be my name. And so I just switched that over to my main one. So it's just at Nick DePaulo, the full name. Yeah. I think the AI photo is the most recent one, but, um, which is funny because I actually, so I, I had a bunch of, like a bunch of jerseys and stuff growing up, like all the replicas and stuff. Yeah, of course. And, um, I used to cut the champion logo off of the jersey so that it looked like the authentics. Ha! <laughs> Because you know how it would have, like, the little C under the NBA logo? Yeah, yeah, wait. So you well, you would cut the C under the NBA logo, and then would you remove the thing at the bottom, too? So, no, I would keep the size tag, but I would I would, uh, I would would unstitch the C, and then I would do, like, the half slit on the sides of the jersey. Yeah. <laughs> the Authentics had the slit, but the replicas didn't, so I would do, like, a slit. Yeah, um, and it gave you a little more know. mobility, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so <laughs> I had, like... Like J Kid, Shaq, like Shaq was my first jersey. Um, I had a bunch of that stuff. And growing up, um, I was there was a Marshalls down the street from us, and that's where I would get a lot of my like my my stuff. Basically, there was Marshalls and a Ross where I got all my stuff. And the Marshalls would have like random heat at times. And so they had these. I'll I'll never forget. They had the Georgetown authentic like Iverson shorts his last year when he was a sophomore there. And they were 36 bucks, and I just bought them on the spot. I probably had like 70 bucks at the time. <laughs> and that yeah. was the first time my mom said the F word when I was a kid was when she found out like how much money those shorts were. And um, and so I still have them to this day. Had to have I talking, them. I, just talk, I was talking to a buddy just randomly on Monday about Halloween, and he was just like, wear a jersey. And, and the, the AI jersey, I have like a big rack of jerseys. That's actually the first one on the rack. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I actually had the shorts, and I was like, I got some Concords around here, and I was just like, this might be happening, and you know. And so I, yeah, dude. So I, <laughs> you no, nah, you bodied it though. <laughs> no, nah, you bodied it. I think the the black and white did you justice too. You know what I'm saying? Helps you with the skin tone, a lot yeah, of different I things. I, <laughs> I yeah, I had I had a guy like send me a message once and was was clowning my pasty legs because I'm out in Portland, so there's no sun, you know. So yeah. So, uh, I had to go black and white on that one, but it was funny. I, and then uh, the Georgetown account reposted it actually, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, nah, man, that's uh, no, nah, you killed that. I, that was the first yeah, thing I funny. thought of when you said AI because I hadn't talked to you about that yet. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, <laughs> dude, you really, I do. <laughs> when you <laughs> when you sent that through and I looked at it, I was like, yeah, this is fire. So, yo, everybody that's listening at Nick DePaula, go check out this Halloween costume. The kid bodied it. <laughs> All right, let's uh. Let's get to this Zach, uh, the Zach Levine deal, because yeah, yeah. because 
when I got the alert come over, uh, came over the iPhone, popped up. Which, I look. I'm not gonna lie. One time I was out and um, I got an alert for my own story on the app. Ah, that's tough. And I was just like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> it was cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's super cool. Yeah, I, that that's tough. So even though I mean it's been three months now, but I mean that obviously like that whole part of it is still awesome. And um, I was joking with my mom because I was like, I think Grandma like thinks I just have a real job for the first time because I don't know if she really like got it of what I did for all this time. You know? Yeah, for sure. And then now it's like you you say it's ESPN. And they're like, oh okay. Oh word, you know? no, dude, thank you. congratulations <laughs> on finally getting the job. Word. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm 32 and I I got a job finally, so it's been pretty cool. Hey man, that's what's up. Congrats, congrats again, congrats <laughs> again. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get into this deal because you know I mean we're obviously a Chicago sports first all the time. Yeah, for us, yeah. For us here, so I'm glad you're on to talk to me about this because I'm not gonna lie, I get the I get the alert. It's Zach Levine, 22 years old. Let's just, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's still young, very young. 22 years old, 13th pick in the draft in 2014. Signs a deal with Adidas that could be worth upwards of $35 million. Yep. So a couple things just to back up. Um, Yeah. So there's there's basically, and I, I did a story on this, I think, at the start of last year. There's basically like three types of shoe deals. So there's like a signature shoe deal. So obviously like LeBron, KD, Kyrie, you know, Steph Curry, all those guys. And some of those guys can make like between 10 and 15 million a year after royalties, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The second deal is probably the most common, which is a cash deal. So you'll get, you know, cash. You wear sometimes a PE, uh, sometimes custom colors. That's what that's what Zach's deal is. You know, he's not going to have a signature shoe necessarily. Um but he's obviously going to be highly compensated. And that's what like Porzingis' deal is. Um, you know, your boy Chris Dunn has a deal like that, um, you know, point guard for the Bulls. And so that's the yeah. bulk of the league. And then the third deal is just a merch deal. So that's like you basically get like free product to wear. Um, and that's kind of like the end of the bench kind of guys. Um, and so when Zach was coming into the league, like you were saying, 13th pick, there's two guys probably in the last five years that I was like, super confused as to why they didn't go like either higher in the draft or why brands weren't super high on them to sign them. And Zach is one. And then Devin Booker is the other. Like, from God, what I, was, I love Devin Booker. Like just watching those guys a little bit in high school. I saw Devin at the elite 24 game when he was like 17. And then just obviously, you know, he was at a loaded Kentucky team and, and Zach was kind of like a six man at that point at UCLA. But both those guys games just like tailor made for, not only the league, but also what brands are looking for, you know? Um, they're just, like, explosive scorers that just always have the ball in their hands and are making things happen. And so I was – out the gate, I was kind of surprised that brands weren't going heavier on Zach when he first came up. And then, obviously, the two dunk contests he had were, I mean, probably some of the best dunk contests ever, right? Like, each one. I mean, I, I you know – Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I mean, you could throw, obviously, Vince Carter, Jason Richardson – Michael um, Finley cartwheel dunk, you know, basically yeah. that's the top five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but Zach, you know, his game is so, so highlight driven. And so for all the brands, that was obviously like the big draw. And then I was doing a story. So basically all the shoe deals kind of expire September 30th. And then a guy can sign a new deal, you know, in, in October or whatever. And so when you're coming up off your rookie deal, um, the brand that you're with has like a match clause is what it's called. And so I, and I kind of like broke that down in the story, but 
really what the match clause does is force another brand. It's kind of like restricted free agency. Like it forces another brand to make a crazy offer in order for you not to match it, you know, um, for a guy to actually, to actually be able to go to switch brands and go somewhere else. And so for Zach's scenario, you know, onto like some of the Chinese brands were really interested in him because he was known in Asia just from the dunk contest really well. And then for Adidas, like they were looking at it, like Chicago is a huge priority market for them. They just opened that Wicker Park store. I don't know if you've been there yet. But yeah, I was, I was actually out there. It's dope. It's, it's supposed to be the biggest Adidas store in the world. Like it's like 5,000 square feet. Yeah, it's huge. Um, and then obviously, you know, when D Rose had his run there, um, Adidas was huge uh, throughout Chicago. And, and obviously he was a big piece of that. But they had Taj Gibson, Joe Kim. They had Jimmy Butler early on. So they've, they've had a ton of guys on the Bulls. That's always been like a key team for them. I think the Bulls are, you know, number three TV market, obviously a huge legacy team, of course. Um, even though right now is a downtime, like the market's always still great. And so all those factors kind of went into it. The thing for Zach is, you know, he's doing a four-year deal. It's not like, you know, some of the other players, like James's deal is 13 years. Uh, I think Porzingis, as I wrote it, you know, it's a seven-year deal. You know, some of the other deals are even longer. And Zach was looking to do a shorter-term deal so that he's up again when he's 26 years old. So all those factors kind of went into the offer of kind of what escalated it. Um, It's also super heavily incentivized, obviously, you know, for Zach to hit on a lot of different things, whether it's all-star or, you know, averaging above 20 points, things like that to really, like, you know, accelerate how much that deal is worth and, and get up to that 35 number potentially. But I mean, it's a, it's a great deal for him because it kind of shows, you know, obviously at the time of the trade, it seemed like, and I, I I'm curious what you thought as, as somebody in Chicago, but at the time of the trade, like people were kind of down on the trade, right? Yeah, very much so. And, you know, <laughs> That's and, the, I mean, to say it, to say it slightly. Yeah. I mean, I was not a huge fan, um, but yeah, not, I, I and, mean, and, and I think I'm, the I'm I'm the consensus with the rest of the city that just giving up obviously all star talent to get back not too much and then our the the best piece of the trades coming off of ACL it was not ideal for me. Okay, interesting because I there's two ways to look at it. A you know and and the Paul George trade is going to look better over time anyways because Sabonis can play really well and he's like a double double guy and Oladipo's been playing great too. But at the time people were saying you know trading the guy with only two years left on his deal like you're not getting the the kind of return you're maybe hoping for i think all things considered this trade is going to be pretty good for you guys long term like i think zach's going to become a player that that you're hoping he can be and then getting laurie at seven like he's been really good out the gate too obviously Dog, got, it's looking like lie. it's like, looking like nice. amazing like he's like know, he, so. man he's hooping and i was i was one of those people that was you know, really, really high on Chris Dunn last year into the draft. Obviously, he had a rough rookie year, and well, you know, kind of remains to be seen how he does. But I think overall, that like long term, that's going to be a good trade for you guys. I think, you know, you're obviously in a rebuild and a reset, and and uh, more than anything, too, like it just seemed like Jimmy and Fred did, weren't on the same page a lot of ways. So you know, it was something that had to be done. But but I think for Zach, like it's just a wide open opportunity, a wide open lane, and I I think you'll be surprised, like how he puts it all together and, and I'm, I'm pretty high on Zach too. So I, I think it's going to be a good thing for you guys long-term. Yeah. I mean, I hope he, I think when you say ACL and Chicago in the same sentence, people are already automatically and, terrified. And and then the third portion in my art, like that was the biggest thing of yeah. the article was, and then Adidas, you know, obviously, but 
it's it's so interesting how unfair the narrative sometimes is too because you know and obviously nike's a great brand i love i love wearing nikes but zach, zach got hurt in nike you know so it's funny that like people are killing adidas yeah and giving them a hard time and it's just like well it's you know it's not even part of the deal so i don't know it's always funny how that works but um but yeah that's obviously you know just the injury history of, of d rose with the teams is tough but but i was hearing a story from a um from a team source and he had kind of talked about this in his press conference but they were doing um i'm trying to remember i think it was like a shuttle drill and then a a couple different vertical tests yeah and his this was in like august i think and his results were beating out his pre-draft stuff like from what they had at the combine on him really so he's he's been i mean i don't know how well you know Zach's story but he's like one of those guys that just everybody just kind of says how hard of a worker he is and all that so I don't know I think I think he's going to bounce back here and I know he's kind of taking his time it sounds like he's not going to be rushing back onto the court too soon but um and obviously the team is not uh not in the thick of a playoff hunt necessarily so so there's no rush but um, we low-key been competing though which I've been actually very shocked by yeah I mean we went to overtime last night with New Orleans um, yeah, they've been competing, which has been refreshing. I mean, I just, I think it's just one of those things that, especially in Chicago, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you, you feel this way too, being from Sacramento and the Kings. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm saying? But like, I, I get not having the pieces, but like, just go out there and compete, man. Just, yep. just play hard with work with what we got. It's when, when we went out there like last year with D Wade and we're not running any type of offense and it's just like, it's so frustrating. You know what I mean? So I'm yep. glad it's just young dudes out there competing. Markkinen's been balling. I actually listened to a, a Simmons pod, and they were talking about if like they could go back and I guess obviously it's very early, but if they could go back and like redraft, who would like the top the top picks be? You know what I mean? Yeah, Mark- I mean, and he was. I think he, he was, was seventh, but he's going to be. I think he'll be one of the better guys in that class. Yeah, for sure. He went seven. I think. I think Simmons had him at three. He he said Tatum would three. Like if he would if he could redraft right now, he would take Tatum. I can't remember who he said at two, but then he was he said um he would take Mark so already, at three. So he's basically riding off Markel already. I mean, I guess he didn't have anything to go off. You know what I mean? So that he was just kind of like it was. That's a, it's, it, like, it's been like nine games. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, Fultz is hurt, so like it was one of those yeah. things where. Hey, this is what I've seen, and if I had to re- redraft, this is what I this is I think how I would how I would break it down. So I think the thing for Laurie was people didn't uh, give him enough credit on on um, if his if he would be strong enough. And he's he's looks I mean he's looked really good on that on that front you know like I think people were thinking like like when Porzingis first came in or guys that are really going to need time to develop their bodies but but um, he's he's been real impressive so far I think. The biggest thing for the class too is like, there's obviously a lot of point guards, and you got to give these guys three, four years. Like, obviously Lonzo had all the hype, but but Markel too. Like, it's interesting that they would already have him at three. I mean, if you're redrafting within the first ten games, but but um, yeah, but don't I mean, quote me on number three, but he had yeah, him yeah, up yeah. there. You know what I mean? So he was talking about him. He was very impressed, just like everybody else has been. But obviously, but it's still went, early. Uh, uh, Jonathan Isaac was one spot ahead of him, right? Maybe I'd have, I don't I can't remember. What I'm, he said. I'm really high on him too. Like he's he needs time, but he's gonna be really good. Yeah. Like this whole class, like and I love De'Aaron. I mean, for for you know, it's funny because I'm still technically a Kings fan, but I don't really you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's tough. I'm obviously not like 
a loyalist now, it's obviously different. Um, just kind of writing about everything. But, yeah, exactly. But um, but just as as somebody from Sacramento, like I was happy he went there just because of how just electric and and uh, fun his game is. You know, I think he's going to be a fun kid to watch for a long time. Yeah, no doubt. Man, I mean, I hope I hope uh, it's a lot of hoping in Chicago sports right now. Period. We got, you know what I'm saying? We got a new quarterback. We, we I'm hoping uh, Zach can get back and, and be better. That's very encouraging that you heard from some sources inside, you know, close to what's going on, his recovery, that he's putting up times that are close to his, um, you know, pre-draft stuff. That's no, great. No, it, it, it beat out his pre-draft stuff. Right. Like, that's amazing to hear. So, yeah. if he could get back and put up the 19-ish points that he put up a year ago and then go from there. Then, yep. I mean, yeah, dude. And, and like you said, it's completely wide open. And I think another thing that's helped marketing is obviously no no Miritich because his face got broken up by Bobby P. <laughs> <laughs> so I think. So, wait, so, so I'm, you know, I, I've obviously followed the league a lot, but I'm not like every day, no offense, following bull stuff. But yeah, of course. Day day? So Bobby's back from suspension, right? Bobby comes back, Um, I think this week. Yep. And um, so in Miritich, I was like, I was just kind of reading through some stuff how he was saying he doesn't know if he can coexist. Was that what was going on? Yeah, I've read that. I've heard that. Um, he doesn't know if he could be in a locker room with Bobby, basically, is what he was saying. I don't yeah. I don't want to think I don't think it was like a scared of him type of thing, but it was just like no, it should be. But if, <laughs> if we're going to have a successful locker room culture and all that stuff. Yeah. Basically, what he was saying is, I can't have this dude walking around after he shattered my face. So, yeah. I mean, that's tough. Yeah, and, and you know, he has a. It's not a real no trade clause, but he basically has a no trade clause by default because of the way the structure is on the contract. Tell me about that. I don't know about that. So it's. Uh, I got to look it up, but it's basically a two year deal with a. It's a team option on the second year, right? Yes. And so there's, I forget who, there's like, a, I think it was Devin George. There's like a couple of funny random players over time that have had that. And it, and it kind of, there's a weird loophole where it basically gives you a no trade clause. You have to approve the destination if they try to trade you. Um, and so, you know, finding a, t- I don't know if they would look to trade Miritich and, or if somebody would want him at this point, but um, that is kind of a weird quirk of that whole, that whole scenario where you have basically two guys at the same position that you're trying to find depth at, and then they're both out for a stretch now. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, he's obviously has the leverage after just signing his new deal. Kind of, I mean, if he if he really pressed it, I guess he could get Bobby to leave. But, I mean, that's also our front office and head coaches thing to kind of be in there and be like, nah, bro, he's on the team. Like, you're going to have to deal yeah. with it. He apologized. Like, let's keep it moving. Yeah. Like, we're pro ball players. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean – Miritich doesn't have clout where he can be like, yo, I want him off the team. Or at least I hope not. So, you know what I'm saying? So, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think Markkinen's, um taking advantage of that, just getting more minutes because there's less players out there that would act- that would obviously get tick. So, yeah, he's been yeah. doing his thing. Very happy about that shit, man. No, and, I mean, from a green light standpoint, like, I like how much freedom he's given everybody um, on the team. You know, I think, I think the point guard situation is just pretty much the only thing you guys got to really – really try to figure out um and everything else is just kind of let everybody just run and see how they develop absolutely just get that dude that was why the thing i'm never gonna let this go this is why the jordan bell thing killed me (laughs) 
dude. That's you, one of the worst things, it, dude. That's one of the worst things. Like I, that will go. That will go down as one of the worst decisions ever made by a front office. I think for cash. Obviously, so I went to Oregon. Yeah, and him and Dylan Brooks is playing well out in Memphis too. Like both those guys, I was like, hey man, like these guys can play. Like they're just, uh, and they're just really well rounded. You know, and I think nowadays, in, in in the sense of how much the game is positionless, like a, a guy like those two guys can step in anywhere and contribute. You know, and so I think for you guys, like he would be perfect to just jump in there and and have been a hustle power forward type of guy. Dude, I mean, yeah, it's brutal. He's looked great, he's looked great in, out in Golden State. You know, I mean, young guys for cheap that we can get a look at and decide if we want them on our team. That's that's I mean, that's all we need to be doing right now. That's all we are doing. But then we give up a young dude out of college that has a ton of upside for like $3 million and change. Like, it's crazy. It's yep. just dumb. Yep. And um, here's the other thing is I would never do a second round uh, cash trade with either the Warriors or the Spurs because they clearly know something at that point. Right. Like, <laughs> why? Like, yeah. If, like, if Bob Myers is relentlessly calling me, I'm going to try to find out who he's trying to draft. To get that guy. <laughs> right. Like yeah, if if they get if that deal comes to to Gar and Pack's desk, they should have been like, okay, this is a reassurance that we got the right so guy. This is who we need to actually get them. Yeah, exactly. Like this is who this is. Wow, we we actually made a good decision. If if the Spurs are calling us, then yeah, we, we didn't fuck this up. You know, RC and Pop and and Bob, of course, too. Like those guys are incredibly sharp. So it was funny that. Uh, a, you're entirely a rebuilding team, and you just give away a pick of a guy who people are pretty high on, actually. And then the fact that it's for just for cash considerations is like just kind of funny at that point too. But you know, yeah, I mean, it's ludicrous, uh, is what it is. So, it's a tough one. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. So we'll, I'm never gonna let them forget that. They mean we we won't even get on gar gar packs because we could take up their forever on that. But um, I want to jump over to working with Woj. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that. First off, say say his full name for us. That everybody doesn't know how to pronounce it. Well, you're putting me on the spot. Um, Nick DePaul is gonna is gonna is gonna show you how to pronounce yeah. Woj's last name. Give it to us. Yeah, Adrian Wojnarowski. Wojnarowski. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I got that down. Yeah. Okay, done. That's it, right yeah. there. And obviously easier as Woj, but um. No, Adrian's literally the best, man. I mean, he's, he's, uh, so here's how it kind of started actually was, you know, obviously he's, you know, best in class in terms of breaking news and trades and, and just having a pulse on kind of all the ongoings around the league. Yeah. No and doubt about it. It's, like, a, it's actually incredible. As an understatement, but and, and yeah. for, you know, for a long time now and, and, um, you know, for, for basically a full decade while he was at Yahoo and then since switching over, of course, same thing. But, um, really it started probably, three falls ago um and that's when i kind of started to really like carve out this whole angle of the sneaker deal stuff and one of my good friends nate jones he works for the goodwins and and he represents uh, well he doesn't represent but he does a lot of the marketing and, and management um for like damian lillard and demar Derozan and dwight howard a couple other guys and um i forget which deals it was there was a couple different deals that fall and he kept retweeting it and calling me the sneaker woge yeah and that was kind of like a joke, but then it kind of like became a thing. And, yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of how Woj, um, I guess, saw my stuff or whatever, you know, and so and kind of found out about me. And and um, so he kind of he invited me to lunch one time when he was in Portland to work on a Blazer story. 
and we just uh, had a great conversation. He had kind of talked about how, you know, at that point he was hoping to launch the vertical and, and eventually he extended me an offer to, to join onto the team and, and it was amazing. And so I think the thing for Woj is um, he's such a, such a great like team first guy. Obviously he could, he could easily operate in the bubble and just do what he does and crush it. And that's fine. But, like his whole mentality has been, you know, whether it's myself or Jonathan and Mike from the Draft Express side, uh, Bobby Marks, who handles like our CBA and cap stuff and was a long time, um, you know, assistant GM with the with the Nets franchise. I mean, Woj just kind of like really like elevates all of us to, to do what we do best and, and hopefully even get better at it. So uh, it's been super exciting because I didn't really, you know, I, I obviously knew of his work, but I didn't I didn't know him before. And so to like see that side of him having worked with him is is obviously uh, super exciting and, and really cool because you know everybody's uh, everybody's different and some people are you know to themselves or you know you, you just interact differently and things like that and so um, obviously it's been cool to see how good he is at what he does and I don't know how often he sleeps and things like that but um, to see like just his approach to it that's probably the more exciting part I would say yeah that's a great point that uh, he could definitely just function by himself. Not yeah. necessarily work with a group of people and do a ton of things, but I think that's that that probably has a lot to do with his success. Is that he's great working with people. That's how you get that information, man. You you you, cho- you chop it up with people, and they want to and they want to and they want to come reciprocate knowledge. You know what I mean? That's how that's how it works. That's a great point. No, that, and that's a, that's a good way to phrase it too, because um, and he always kind of says like. You know, he's not hitting up an agent after not talking to them for multiple months and saying, like, where's your guy signing on July 1st? You know what I mean? It's kind of this ongoing, ongoing conversation throughout the year. And, and that's it's similar for me in, in the sneaker world. You know, I'm based here in Portland. Obviously, the brands are here as well. Um, and so you're just having a, you know, ongoing talk about whether it's players, whether it's marketing deals, whatever. And then when there are stories that come about, like, that's a great positive of it. But um, that's not, it's not like a one way street in that sense. You know what I mean? And so, um, it's, it's been really cool. And the other, the funny thing that, um, I didn't know this initially until probably maybe a year ago. And I don't know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Woj is actually from Bristol. No um, way. I know. I did not, yeah. did not so know he that. Went to, yeah. So he went to Bristol high. Uh, his dad, <laughs> still, his dad still lives there. So, and I, I don't think people knew that at the time when, when the switch happened. And so, cause a lot of people were saying, you know, oh that's crazy that he would go to espn because you know obviously he was on the other side of it um at the yahoo side but but there is actually a natural um connection point there for him and and um you know a big thing like to go in the line of um just really what he's all about like he's he's looking to launch and he's, he's talked about this too but you know whether it's partnering with his high school or you know some other journalism programs down the road like i think he's looking at this as like a bigger play and not just like how do i break news you know like I, obviously he's great at that and and that's going to be ongoing but um it's really beyond that so it's it's been pretty awesome to see yeah no that's yeah that's cool I, it's just shocking at how plugged in he is and like yeah you mentioned like the sleep schedule and all that stuff i mean <laughs> yeah it's no. it's non-stop dude yeah, he breaks I, everything I mean, I'm, I'm here in Portland and, and, um, you know, I'll get alerts of stuff and it'll be like not a low hanging fruit, but it'll be like an obscure trade. And it's definitely like one thirty on a Wednesday for him, you know? And so he's like right. in the middle of the night breaking stuff, you know? And so, um, it's awesome to see just kind of, and that's kind of obviously for, for myself and anybody that's in the news space, like 
you know, obviously on the football side, we have Adam Schefter and, and there's obviously other guys um, just in, in media in general. But, you know, Twitter has really raised the bar and kind of, uh, I guess, accelerated the the work ethic and, and um, just the tools that you need, you know. And so uh, it's, it's kind of been totally different because when I started out doing all this, I always joke like, you know, I, I helped to run Soul Collector along with, um, you know, a guy named Steve Mulholland and a guy named Zach Dubasik. And we had a print magazine that was six issues a year at Foot Locker. And I did basically five stories every two months. And it was the coolest job of all time. This, right. was, before blog, this was before blogs, you know, it was crazy. Right. <laughs> right. So, so we would like, we would fly to somebody's house, do a big interview, like literally would transcribe the interview like four days later. And then it was due in like a month. You had like a whole like couple weeks to do the story. Like it was crazy. And now, you know, you do an interview and either you're doing it like, in real time on um, on video or something, or it's like a podcast and it's like up the next morning, or it's it's just crazy like the frequency now and how much it's all changed. So, yeah, um, I mean, news know. is coming from Twitter all day. If I if I want if I yeah. as soon as someone like someone in the group chat will say something like "Yo, Levine just signed a shoe deal with Adidas, four year deal, whatever." The first thing I'm doing is I ty- I I, jump, I open up Twitter, go to the search bar, type in Levine. And then all the all, all everything talking about that shoe deal comes up. Yep. So, yeah, I mean that's exactly where all the stuff comes from. I mean anything about obviously Trump or any of that shit, anything sports related, anything politics related, anything, anything is being broke first on Twitter. Like, dude, Woj is you're watching the draft and Woj is like three picks ahead of like <laughs> of like what the the telecast is. I mean it's it's insane. The first. Um... God, what was the trade? There was a trade that he had broke before the player even got drafted. Oh, I, think it was, I think it was Chris Dunn. So Chris Dunn, um, or no, what was I forget who it was, but it was uh, was it the three and the five? What it, it was the twenty? I'm trying to remember what that what that trade was. But anyways, um, the player like gets called out by Adam Silver, puts on the other team's hat, and like doesn't know he's been traded yet, but everybody watching is seeing on Twitter that or on the vertical draft show at that time that the trade already happened, you know? So it was crazy. Like just yeah. how, how ahead he was. And that was a fun year because, um, I mean, most everybody had their TV on and their laptop open too, watching the, you know, streaming the draft show. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that was some people, there's some purists out there and we're going to talk about purists later. I want to get your opinion on, um, this off white Virgil, Virgil below <laughs> yeah. ten coming out. We're talking yep. about purists. I want to. T- I want to ask you a question about that. But yeah, some of the purists are saying, "Yo, the Twitter's ruining the draft. I want to sit there and watch it and get the real reactions." And now it's ruined because I my my boys are texting me who's getting picked, and it's the the the, the clock now. The countdown clock just started. It's like, dude, yep. th- those days are over, bro. Sorry, like it is. What it, turn your phone off then if if that's how you want to rock. Uh, you you can do that <laughs> if you want to do it like that. But those days are just over, bro. Yeah, I forget. I think it was Mark Cuban. Um, there was like an article about how he told everybody like right before, like you're gonna get fired if you leak anything to Woj like during the draft. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell Woj anything, man. Like it was pretty. I'm firing. But it was funny that it was like a it was like a big component of the pre of the pre draft like planning meeting. You know, it was pretty funny. So that was awesome. Yeah, no, that's dope, man. Woj is doing his thing. Um, yeah, man, it's 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 fun. That's one of the best follows on Twitter. If you're into basketball and you don't follow Woj, then I mean, you're, then you're not really then you're, you're not, not really, really into basketball. basketball. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
I know we were talking earlier about some travel because you're always yeah. all over the place. I'm actually happy for you that you got to kick it at the crib for a little bit for the last couple of weeks or monthish. Yeah, or so. I. So I was joking with my buddies, two of my best friends, Jason and Jeff, because we were all over the place. Um, and I went up to Vancouver with Jason for uh, for Labor Day weekend. Sick. I've ne- I got to get up there. I've never been. I hear great things. Oh, Vancouver's incredible. Food's great. Um, what I do is I go and I don't, I don't set up the international phone plan. And so you're just like, I just like to go and just unplug, you know? Yeah, no, um, no doubt. And you just kind of roam around and explore. But it's a, it's a beautiful city. And from, from Portland, it's like a five-and-a-half-hour drive, six-hour drive. So it's pretty easy. But um, but I was up there with Jason on Labor Day, and I had been gone like pretty much since the finals, like the whole summer. And I got my electricity bill, and it was $8.47. <laughs> <for office. laughs> yeah, that's probably from the fridge, right? And I was just like, man, that's not why well, I left the light on in my basement and then the fridge, I guess, you know? Yeah, it's got to be the um, fridge. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. <laughs> so that's I, super funny. I was like, yo, that's nuts. And so um, I had a bunch of stuff. And then, like, having said that, I went from, like, Vancouver to L.A. to New York to Bristol, back to L.A. and, like, was all around. And then to Oakland, like, I was all over still. But then most of August, I mean, most of October, rather. Um, I tried to just like shut it down and just watch a bunch of games out the gate uh, once the season kicked off and just kind of lay low. So um, I've been, you know, staying put for a little bit here this month. But um, but yeah, before that was pretty nuts. Yeah, no doubt. Let's talk about. So we talked about the uh, the clay trip to China. What's uh, the best international sneaker culture you appreciate the most? Is it Asia I know you've been you know out to, to Europe and all that stuff. Yeah, what's up? So this is my first time. That was my first time going to China. And, like, just kind of being alongside and shadowing Clay for a couple stories the whole way. Basically, the whole thing was that he had done a huge extension with Anta. And um, that was partly, obviously, why he was so excited for that whole trip. Um, you know, in the, the past tour he did, he brought one friend. This time he brought five. Yeah. And so they were just, like, having a great time. Um it was my first, you know, I've been to like Under Armour Curry events, Nike KD events, and like seen a lot of brand things where they like go all out and like really kill it. And I didn't really know what to expect, um, being that it was onto events and that it was in China. And they did an amazing job. Like every city was a crazy event. The fans were going nuts. Um, and so it was really cool to see. I would probably say China, though, because just the frenzy of um, how they view basketball, it's almost like the 90s where. People are wearing like jerseys all the time. They're all wearing basketball shoes casually all the time. Like, right? They're, they're super excited to watch the games, and they know so much about these players, and they just treat everybody like, like they're royalty. You know, it was funny because, um, you know, I'm I'm like six three, six four, and we were in the same group, you know, as as Clay and all that as we were going around. And, like, people were asking us for photos, thinking we played basketball too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, like, pointing at Clay. I'm like, no, nah, like, that's kind of who you want to get the photo of, you know. Right. And they obviously knew that, too. But but um, it's Anybody cool. that's close enough that looks like a Hooper, like, that's how crazed it is over there. For sure, you know. And, and so, um, and, like, his boys all play ball. Like, you know, some of his buddies from high school and some of the guys he played with at Washington State. And then his brother, Mikey, was there, too. So, and, like, all those guys, like, I'm sure as you caught, like, in terms of the China Clay stuff, like, Clay is just, like, super low-key super cool dude like we were all on coach flights the whole time like it wasn't like he's like you know mandatory i need to have a private jet you know he's he's like super easygoing dude and and um just really cool to deal with so 
um, that whole tour was crazy. You know, I've, I've been to, um, different parts of Europe and the shoe scene is like very like subculture and kind of like, um, small still, you know, it's not like a broad thing. Um, you know, Germany has pockets in like, um, in Berlin and some other cities that have like a cool sneaker scene. Yeah. Same, same thing for like Paris and London. But, um, but for me, like I loved, I loved seeing in China what it was like. And, um, one of my, one of my really good friends I talk to almost every day, um, Brandon Jennings, he's actually playing in China right now. And he's like nonstop all the time. Just like, man, it's amazing. Like just how much they love the game and like, just love to support the, the players, you know? And so, um, for me to see that up close, like I'd probably say, I'd probably say China, it was awesome to see. And I've, I've heard the same thing about the Philippines too. Yeah. I, I mean, it, from, I, I read I read all your stuff from the trip. You obviously shared some videos with us. I saw all that stuff. Everything I mean, I've been seeing the KD stuff. He was over there earlier before the season kicked. I mean, they're just yeah, they just love hoops, bro. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. They're just they're they're just all about it. And I think that's a great that's a great like visual. The '90s people wearing jerseys and wearing casual basketball shoes as everyday joints, just walking around town. No, for sure. And I mean, that's that's another component of it too. Is you know they say like over ninety something percent of the people that play ball there play outdoors. You know, Grinders got to grind. Yeah, it's not, and you know, and, and a lot of people they play half court and they all play zone defense. <laughs> um, yeah. So I love it because I'm just sitting at the top of the key, like looking over everybody with the passing lane and then just like, you know, you're open for threes. Like it's actually works perfectly for me, but. Uh, wow. You just dumped in the, the short Asian folk joke. I see you just looking no, over. No, no, no. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> the way, the, well, cause they, they put the guards at the top on the, on the, on the zone, you know? Right. Yeah. No, of course. Of course. Yeah. I know so, what you, uh, no, I know what you mean. No, don't trip. So it works bit, out man. well, but, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, it's interesting. Like, how much they can love the game, but also kind of how different their approach is there too. Cause you know, it's not like, obviously there's not like AAU and things like that. Like they just play for the love of it. Cause people that are really, really good get kind of plucked when they're like 12 and 13 and they go and train at like an Academy, you know? Um, like yeah. all the kids that are, that are playing are just playing with their friends and for fun, just cause they love basketball. Like it's a great, like there's just a great purity about it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, it, I mean, that's definitely true. And it's some, um, I mean, I mean this, we would go hoop at the rec. Dude, shout out to, shout out to you by the way being a fellow Pac-12 guys. All the homies are Pac-12 guys, which is great. I was I was there. I mean, I was there when it was Pac-10 cuz I'm older, but yeah. Yeah, Pac-10, Pac-12. Yeah, it was I guess it was it was Pac-12. It just turned to the Pac to the Pac-12 when I got over there. But yeah. um yeah, man, you would see um a ton of like the foreign exchange students, Asians all hang out together just cuz they're all in the same programs, all that type of stuff in the rec playing with all their homies and some of them are obviously decked out in a ton of nike like gear and then others are just out there with their glasses on just shooting around yeah man they love hoops it's great no it's awesome it was it was really fun to see and obviously being there for basically we did five cities in five days so like every morning at 7 30 we had to have our bags in the lobby and then our flights were at like 9 30 so it was pretty crazy like just every city i mean every day hitting a different city and kind of getting a crash course but uh but um, it was an amazing experience for sure and and the hot pot was way more intense and like crazy than what i expected so i don't know if you've like seen some of the foods out there but it was pretty nuts <laughs> I've, I've i haven't been to china yet i gotta get out there um i've been to thailand and then and, and kind of that area so yeah i mean 
scorpions and spiders on the street and all that type of stuff, which is wild. But I kind of try to, I kind of, when I go out to somewhere, especially internationally, I try to just jump into their culture. And I mean, I wasn't eating scorpions, but I'm eating the street food. I'm trying to get in the mix for sure. I, I, so I went in saying that. But it was, it was just too OD, huh? <laughs> the first night at Hot Pot, uh, <laughs> my man, Steve, there was a guy named Steve who was our tour guide, basically. And he's like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, what's that? And he's like, oh, that's uh, duck intestines. I'm like, all right. And then I'm like, what's that? And it, I literally thought this was a washcloth, washcloth for the table. And he grabs it, dunks it in the hot pot and ate it. And it was cow stomach lining. Oh, man. And I, that was when I had to tap out. Like, you, know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm good, man. Uh, I'm and I straight. like to think I'm, I'm adventurous and try all kinds of foods. But that was, uh, that was a little much. It was a little much. Yeah, I mean, hey, man, they're not wasting any part of the animal, bro. They respect the animal. Just, <laughs> yeah, they just eat it all, bro. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, man. All right, let's uh, – okay, I want to – since we're, we're talking international, I want to I talk about Portland a little bit. Yep. Tell me why someone in the country – I mean, obviously, if you're, you follow Hoops, you know Adidas headquarters is out there, Nike headquarters. I mean, it's, the, it's kind of the, the, the sneaker capital. Of yep. the United States. And Under Armour just opened a new spot, too, actually. Word. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, yeah, and then, um, I mean, there's, like, Columbia, some smaller brands here as well. And so you pretty much have Portland, and then Boston is, like, you know, Reebok and um, New Balance and Converse and a couple other brands. And then L.A. is where all, like, the skate brands are. Right. Um, and so and so for me, that's why that was obviously the draw of Portland. Like, when I graduated from school, my boss at Soul Collector was like, all right, you're going to move to Portland. And that was, like, a short conversation. And, right, um, like that's where you got to go. I've been, I've been here for for ten years now, pretty much. So it's been pretty awesome. That's dope. What do you think? How does how does all that? I mean, because it's all it's for the most part, it's a ton of young people trying to get into the industry, like yourself, when you moved out there, talking about sneaks, talking about culture, talking about design. What type of effect does that have on the city? Like, t- talk to me about the culture. Why does someone need to visit Portland just to check out the scene if they haven't been out there yet? Yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, into the athletic industry, the footwear industry, and trying to trying to kind of break in, uh, Portland's definitely the place for that. And there's a there's an academy called Pencil Academy, which is like a basically like a footwear design school that a lot of people go through now too. So it's really built up. I mean, there's just like a huge wave of kids in their like early mid twenties trying to break in that are that are all in Portland, and so it's pretty cool because you have you know, whether it's just networking or contacts wise, like pretty much all my best friends work at a brand or are into footwear somehow, you know, um, like probably my seven closest friends, like a couple work at Nike, a couple work at Adidas. And then, um, one of them has his own, like he used to be a footwear buyer at a shoe store and now he has his own store. So it's pretty cool um, from that standpoint. And then the city wise, um, it's just super low key and easy to get around. And there's just great restaurants everywhere. There's just a lot to do. I'm not the most outdoorsy. Um, but if you're into like hiking and skiing and snowboarding, all that, like a lot of people love Portland for that too. Yeah, no, it's a cool vibe out there. I made my first trip out there for the first time last year. It was dope. The people are cool. The vibe is great. Everybody's kind of got their own. They're in their own lane doing their own thing. You know what I mean? I yep. like I, I like it out there. And speaking no, of sure. yeah, yeah. And speaking of um, just your homies and, and and getting the start. I know you just had your first uh night of nurture the series out in portland how did that go it was at unspoken 
Go check out the space in uh, in Portland if you haven't already. But talk to me about that, and yeah, how was that, man? What and how did that come about? So yeah, basically, um, there's a guy named Ray Polenko who's who we brought on at Nice Kicks. He used to write for the Shoe Game, and he's been at Nice Kicks now for I think like a year, year and a half. Um, and Ray is just an incredible photographer, um, you know, great kind of uh, storyteller, and in, in how he just showcases products and things like that. And he did it all basically like and kind of self-taught, you know, he, he didn't really go to college for it and, and he doesn't have a degree, things like that. And so Ray is really big on basically giving tips, giving, you know, feedback, like just trying to be a sounding board for kids that are trying to break into the industry in the same way. And so we kind of were bouncing around this idea and it really came from him in terms of calling it nurture, but it's kind of this kind of hour and a half, two hour long, um, just kind of like open conversation session. And so we did the first one on a whim um, in Portland two weeks ago. And we, my boy Ira down at Unspoken downtown um, hosted us. And we kind of put up like a Eventbrite link. And I think we had like 35 or 40 people we wanted to um, have it capped out at. And I just posted like a thing on Instagram story to like RCP. And within like 15 minutes, it was capped out. It was nuts. Sick. And we had... There was two kids that drove from Eugene. Uh, it was funny because they didn't know each other, but they should have obviously carpooled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they both like independently drove up. Um, and then there was a kid that actually flew in from San Francisco for it, which was insane. And really it was just, um, you know, Ray and I kind of talking a little bit about our story and how we uh, kind of navigated through the industry, but also just kind of um, we had basically – everybody just lob out questions we had one kid that was i think he was about 22 or 23 trying to get into advertising and he had a couple really specific questions Um, we had somebody that was um you know an aspiring photographer and ray had a lot of you know good insights for them in terms of like where you actually can get your photos seen and how you can like build up a personal instagram page and like what's the best way to like work with brands things like that Um, and so that's kind of was the idea and we're, we're really looking at doing something where you know, we had a couple people reach out right away the next day, actually. So we're talking to some people about possibly getting it sponsored and maybe doing something like once a month around the country. Yeah, that'd um, be tough. And so we're trying to figure that out. Like, um, I've, I've kind of been throwing around this idea of like doing it on the first Tuesday of the month just to have like a set date. Yeah. Um, and just have like a fun night that kids could pop in for and, and kind of throw in some questions and, and hopefully get something out of it. So. Um, that was the first one we just did it a couple weeks ago and, and, um, you know, it's pretty loose and informal, but that was the idea. And, um, we had just like the feedback afterwards and all the kids that were, uh, you know, reaching out and following up with questions and, and not only that, but, um, you know, the whole idea too was if you have all these kids that are trying to be, you know, aspiring to do something and they all live in Portland or in, at least in the region and some of those kids didn't know each other too. So it was cool for kids to like you know, meet and connect and hopefully uh, maybe work on some stuff together outside of that. So, so it was a fun thing. It actually went really well, you know, much better than I think we were anticipating even. And it was pretty encouraging to see. And and I think we're going to try to really expand it out from here. Yeah, no, that's dope. I mean, if you have the information and you could try to share it with some young folks that are coming up and, and they are willing, especially to come from San Francisco to draw from Eugene and they're thirsty for that knowledge, man, that information and and that they're, they're showing that though, if you're going to come drive for it, and, and, and put your money up and, and do whatever you got to do to to hear the wealth of the, the people that have it, just like you guys. And and it's, it's just it's great to see that you guys are willing to give that up and, and 
you know, share the wealth, bro. So it's no, all about. It, was, it was fun. It was fun for sure. And I think that was Ray's kind of biggest point is, um, you know, if, if half of that group can go and create something really interesting, then that's like a great success for it. And for us, like I've always joked too, like I never really look at other sneaker blogs as like competition or whatever. Like I really like sneakers. And so I'm hoping that everybody's doing awesome stuff just because I as a fan, like I, I like reading other great stories, you know? And so um, that was kind of the idea too, is like, you know, it's not that these kids are going to all come and work for nice kicks or like, you know, maybe work with us on things. And if they go somewhere else, that's totally fine too, because, you know, we just want to see people doing good stuff and, and stuff that hopefully we're, we're excited to check out. No, no doubt. And I think that's a perfect segue. I want to, I want to get your opinion on. So I, an, another point, if you haven't been up on the sneaker game, then this is obviously something that you would know about off white Virgil blow. Yep. Is coming out with the ten. They're basically Nike. Which it's funny. It's funny when you say is coming out with because it feels like they've been talking about it for like seven months now. I know. Then they're and it like still hasn't actually come out. Yeah, they're being released for the for the regular folk anyway. Like the yeah. first the first week of November, I believe. Yep. Um, yep. And so I want to get your opinion. So just to give a little background, ten classic Nike sneakers. No, no, no. Eight classic Nike sneakers, along with the newest Hyper Dunk and the new Vapor Max. Okay, word, <laughs> word, word. True, 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 true. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know better than me, bro. You the pro. But um, the, I, the, I guess what I meant was the argument is coming from the, like the the original sneakers, and ex- yeah, and the biggest the biggest talk was about the Jordan One. Yep. How iconic, how needle moving that sneaker was. For, for Nike, sure. for Nike to let, and and I mean, Off White is so huge right now. Virgil's doing his thing, unreal designer. I mean, just doing his thing on all levels: female, high end fashion, all the way down to t shirts for men, sweatshirts. I mean, everything. He's doing everything. How do you feel about the purists that are saying, "Yo, Nike, how can you let someone come in and basically?" deconstruct a classic iconic sneaker like the Jordan one and put his own spin on it. How do you feel about that? What side, what side, what side are you on? I'm totally fine with it because a big part of it too, is that, you know, Jordan's re retroed that shoe. Like, I don't know, 150 different times in different colors, different materials, you know, like the mid cut, like a low top with the, with the Velcro, like they've done all kinds of wild versions themselves. Um, I think the fact that it's the Chicago colorway is, is maybe what people right. are upset with. Right. Because, um, you know, you obviously have, like, some non-OG versions that have happened in the past that weren't particularly great either. But but I think for me the biggest thing was it was a huge leap of faith for them to to, to obviously open it up and, and let him get his hands on it like that. Yeah, for sure. I think when he started out, it was all-white. He was doing an all-white Jordan 1. And then he added all the – and then he basically – he basically the built the Chicago one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but I like the way that, you know, it's interesting how, you know, people are giving him a hard time because they're like, oh, cool. He put like quote marks on the side, big deal, whatever, you know. And I think like that's kind of sometimes the best stuff is just really simple and, and easy. And then you see like one idea run through the lens of 10 models like it, like it did. It's, it's a real like cohesive piece, you know. And so I think, um, I thought it was interesting how he had this whole deconstructed kind of vision to it. 
Um, and each shoe kind of has similar characteristics. Like for me, the Presto is amazing. I think the Presto came out great. Um, yeah, the Presto is super tough. Yeah, like Ray, when, when Ray was out here in Portland, he had the Vapor Max on. And like, I don't really like the Vapor Max in general, but I thought that version looked really good too. So I, I thought he did a really good job with it. And um, more than anything, Jordan needed kind of, they needed some new life in that sense. Like, I don't think people thought of the brand as too creative, I guess you would say. Um, you know, the best yeah. stuff they do is just, you know, re releases and all that type fifth, of stuff. The fifth time of re releasing something. <laughs> right. For like 200 bucks, you know, and so it's like, I think it was exciting for people to see something new finally. Um, like, even like the public school 15s and the cause fours, like, those were like, you know, a new take on classic stuff. And, uh, well, people are debating if the 15 is a classic, obviously, but, but even then it was like, I thought, I thought all those and the Virgil stuff was like a really good run for them. I thought they had a good year, um, in terms of like energy stuff. So I, I thought the Virgil thing came off great. Um, they did, I don't know if you saw it, but they did like a really big event in New York, probably a month and a half ago, um, where they had like some different panels and, and different things that, that really kind of spoke to, uh, to kind of his approach and, and how the whole thing came together. And so. I thought that came off really well too. And and I think for Nike, you know, right now Adidas has had that whole kind of creator, creator approach and lens that they've had in their marketing. And Nike was, it's, it's kind of weird to say, cause obviously it's always been the best brand in terms of products and every, and marketing and everything, but they were having this like awkward slump that kind of caught everybody off guard. And so this whole like uh, Virgil thing has been great for them because it kind of like, reclaimed a little bit of that creativity and fun that adidas had been riding the momentum on you know and so it's it was something that was needed and um i thought i thought it came off really well yeah absolutely i think the virgil thing doesn't happen if this this huge wave of adidas doesn't Uh, come through that's an interesting piece too because there was a stretch where i don't know if you noticed but virgil was basically wearing adidas gazelles for a long stretch and um you know obviously him being kanye's guy right you know, that's that's obviously, you know, the connecting point in terms of like how his um, how he had the platform he initially had was was just a lot of the work with Kanye on stuff. But, yeah, for sure. The Pyrex that, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that was definitely a big part of it was was Nike was probably looking at it like, well, if we don't do something, Adidas probably going to do something with Virgil, you know. So uh, I think they kind of took a leap of faith that that uh, he could execute it and that he would be as big as as what this has become and it, and it worked out great yeah no doubt i think it's great i can't wait to uh i'm gonna try I, I, my favorite pair is the blazers i'm gonna try to I get a pair of those i thought you were gonna say i can't i can't wait to like log on to the app and strike out and not actually uh, get <laughs> <laughs> yo i got a i got a guy at the chicago nike lab okay at nike town that i mean we'll see but he 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 uh he apparently might be able to help me out with a with a with a, I, I, with a pair, so we'll see. I think this is going to be a collection where everybody thinks they have a guy. Yeah, I, guy. yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I think that's definitely, um, yeah, that's definitely a good point. So we'll see. If I get a pair, I'll I'm, you, I'm gonna send you a picture straight away. Don't even trip. For sure, for sure. <laughs> hey, before I let you go, yeah. Obviously, all this, everything is big Instagram everywhere. We're all me, you. The homies, everyone in the world's on Instagram all the time, and yep. in my opinion, there's three things on Instagram. It's there's sports, highlights, quotes, all that stuff. Okay. Then there's sneakers, clothes, fashion type of thing. Yep. And then there's chicks. Okay. And that that's pretty much it. Like the 
The chicks Those doing that. The models. They're models. Yep. You know what I mean? So we were always talking about, obviously, boys are boys, and we chat who's who's crazy bad right now, whatever, whatever. I got to know, tell me your top three sleeper joints for females that someone needs to check out on oh, Instagram oh. right now. This is a wild question. I know. I need to, because... First I, off, I, I pulled up my. I was gonna say I pulled up my phone. Obviously, I'm talking on the phone. Right. Uh, man, a if there's sleep, do I want to give that up? Right. That's true. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> there's it, uh, it, man, because I mean, it seems like there's just infinite Instagram models now. Yeah, it's, and, it, and the whole thing too, like, like is that really a thing? You know what I mean, like. I don't know. It's tough. Um, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely tough. But yeah, I mean, they're the amount of yeah. I mean, they're just yeah. There's just a lot of Instagram models. We'll just leave it at that. Man, I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out if I'm gonna actually throw somebody out there. But uh, <laughs> all right, this is what we're gonna do. For, forget yeah. about for, forget about throwing somebody out there. I got I got I got a question for you. Okay. You meet you out in Portland. You got a couple. You meet a couple. You you meet a couple joints at dinner. You and the homies are out. Y'all are chopping it up with some great girls. Very beautiful, fun, and you y'all y'all exchange information. Do all that. One, you end up you, you end up talking to two different chicks, kind of a little texting back and forth, whatever. One has hundred and fifty thousand followers on Instagram, and okay. the, and the other shoe game is extra trash. <laughs> oh, see, that's, I actually I, I get I get asked that every once in a while. It's funny. I I do not care about uh, what sneakers a girl is wearing at all. Really? Uh, yeah. Like my I had a longtime girlfriend when I was in my early twenties. Yeah. She didn't know anything about basketball. She wore flats every day, and she was like art history major. Right. And so I've actually like I'm around it so much. It's kind of the last thing I would I would want to talk about. Um, it's like refreshing you know, almost, huh? For somebody I'm dating. Yeah, exactly. So that's always been funny because. Um, I went on a date once, and this girl wore Jordans, and it, I was like half thinking she bought them right before the date. <laughs> yeah, like, like what could I do like, to impress uh, this cat? Oh, let me get let me I'm get like, some oh, jays. No, like what is she going for? You know. <laughs> um, but it's funny, like that's never, I, and I like I, I'm not, I just never have been that. Like, it's just always been a thing. So, so it's funny you say that because um, the hundred fifty thousand is funny because. There's, I was I was seeing a girl for a little bit, and uh, she had probably, I don't know, 8,000, maybe 7,000, which was a lot. Right. And literally in the last seven months, she has like 125,000 now. Jeez. Jeez. She's a goner. And so, <laughs> and so that, what did you say? She's a goner. Oh, and so that was a joke, obviously. But, right. uh, but no, it's interesting, like, how much, uh, how that whole thing can spiral out of control, too, like. You know, people posting like literally just selfies every day, and it just like gets nuts real quick for them. Like it's it's crazy to see. Yeah, uh, no, I could. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely the, the 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 whole thing has just changed the game in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons. But maybe this is my uh, maybe this is my Joel Embiid moment to like throw out Rihanna or something. Right? You know, hey, so. you, hey, Jew, you just <laughs> got the you just got the verified check. Congrats on that. Yeah, you can start throwing out wild DMs now. Nah, nah, nah. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you never know when it'll come back, bro. You're you're official now. It's good. It's funny. Um, 
I was just having lunch with a friend who's who works in the kind of digital marketing stuff for for some different players, and we were talking about like basically what the player is trying to do with their with their platform. And it's funny seeing some players that like just don't care at all and are literally just like, you know, following whoever and posting like you know stuff like club flyers or whatever. And then some guys that are like have a distinct approach to like try and have an aspirational page and like actually have a concept. So right. it's, it's interesting how it could work. Cause it's, it's definitely, uh, I mean, it's, it's so funny how much Instagram really is, is, uh, such a powerful platform, you know, like absolutely influencing a ton of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's, it's obviously for a lot of people, that's the new, it's obviously the new blog and, you know, people don't really go to Tumblr the way they used to. And Twitter is obviously its own thing news wise, but, but not so much for kind of culture, I guess you would say. And, and, and obviously anything visual based. So, so it's, uh, it's interesting how it's different, but, um, I, I'm, so what I'm, what I'm saying is I'm totally dodging your question. But, no, um, I hear you, bro. I feel <laughs> you. I want you to don't give up the, don't give up the secrets, bro. I feel you. <laughs> um, one of my good friends in New York franchise, that's a sleeper for sure, but I'm not going to tell you how to, how it's spelled. I'll give you that though. Okay. Done. Done. There it is. Text, I'll text you later, but that's I'm not gonna give you three. I'll give you one. <laughs> Done. Done. Yo, Nick DePaula, NDP of ESPN, man. Thank you for joining us, bro. This was a blast, man. No, that was tons of fun and um best of luck to your bulls. I know uh being that it's a Chicago centric pod. Obviously, like you were saying, the Zach news is probably exciting, but um for the rest of the season I I'm you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, man. Both, I mean uh, I I've I've been seeing I've been seeing some funny – I think I saw, like, lose every quarter for Michael Porter. Like, I've seen some creative <laughs> – Lose every quarter for Michael Porter. Yeah, I'm, I'm I've with it. I've seen some, like, funny creative uh, creative tanking names, so that was pretty funny. Um, who's a great kid, by the way. I actually met him out in um, in the Bay for – I was down there for the Curry Camp when they had a um, – the first week of August, his brother was playing in it, actually. And I was really impressed with him. Like, and his dad obviously is, is heavily involved in this, in his whole, um, you know, roadmap to the league and all that. So I'll, I'll be curious to see, you know, what you guys get in terms of the draft next year, and and um, see how you guys can map it out from there. But it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thanks for joining us, bro. We'll have to get you back on uh, another time to chop it up about some some more NBA focused stuff later on in the season. And after uh, uh, Miritich forces a trade with his no trade clause. <laughs> We'll link back up then, bro. Perfect. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining NDP, man. Nick DePaula, ESPN. Nice kicks creative director, the man when it comes to kicks. Thanks, bro. All right. Thanks, dude. I'll see you.